Welcome to the one and only Circle City Setup with your host and the one and only Zach Griffith. Welcome back to Circle City Cinema. The Disgusting Brothers, after one week off to honor uh, the NFL draft, we are back talking about the latest episode of Succession titled Living Plus. And I am your host, Zach Griffith, and I'm joined once again by my fellow Disgusting Brother, the founder of the Running Hook Podcast Network, the host of the Basketball Power Hour, Alex Burr. The NBA and the Disgusting Brothers, the two entities scared off by the NFL draft, folks. You absolutely, um, you absolutely love to see it. Um, listen, it's. I'm excited to talk this week's episode. Really, really, I'd say probably the cringiest hour of Succession they've put out, which is saying something. <laughs> but I'd say still a lot I, of I satire. Absolutely, I absolutely love this episode. Um, just absolute banger. It was a total banger. I mean, satire everywhere you look in this episode, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, the name of the product they're pushing, Living Plus, where nowadays everything just seems to have a plus in front of it, uh, to a crazy CEO posting a questionable tweet. Uh, you know, it just everything. Everything going on in this episode from a satirical standpoint. Uh, a couple things right off the bat, Alex. we got to talk about the firings. The firings in this episode. Joy, the Waystar Studios exec, who I don't recall ever seeing before this episode, might be wrong. Uh, she gets the axe from Roman after the latest Waystar production uh, was in the tank. And then Jerry. Jerry uh, almost got the axe... In the episode where Logan died, now it seems like she finally actually takes the axe. Uh, Alex, what do you make of these uh, these power moves by Roman? Are they power moves or is it an ego trip? And I think Joy was a power move. I think Jerry was ego trip. I think that's a fair distinction. Listen we're kind of seeing the wheels start to come off. Like even last episode, which you and I didn't really get to talk about much. Um, well, we didn't get to talk about it just real quick. Basically last week was them getting the deal done with Matt's and they go to Norway, you know, your typical go on succession, go on vacation <laughs> or go out of the country to only a place that rich people can fathom going to episode. Yeah. But somehow they, I mean, to use a word you love so much, they basically bungle their way into selling the company to <laughs> Gojo. Um, Logan, or it's Logan, Kendall and Roman do. Um, and now in this episode, we're kind of like, you and I would probably agree, the wheels were kind of falling off in the middle of the last episode. It just kind of magically felt, came back together for them. But now yeah, it's like someone loosened the screws a little more to make sure the wheels actually came off the bike this time. And I think we're seeing that in this episode, especially with Roman, man, it was a rough, <laughs> absolutely. It's exactly what happened with the dick pic in the last season. 
literally is the exact same thing. Something good happens to him and he spirals like almost instantaneously. I know we say that about, yep. I know we've been saying that about Kendall, but the last like little bit, the more recent sample size has been of Roman fucking up spectacularly every single time he takes one step forward, seven steps backwards. It's honestly insane how much like he fails. <laughs> he just goes back and makes backwards progress all the time. And I think that um, the show does a good job of emphasizing how much of a fuck up he is <laughs> and how much um, uncredit. I'm going to say uncredit. He deserves for a lot of the stuff that's going wrong with um, Waystar. And listen, I, I think <laughs> the Jerry situation was absolutely fucking insane. And the way he fired her, like the first time he fired her, the last episode we recorded, um, the episode where Logan died, he was awkward, less forceful. This one was more like a fuck you, the ego trip element of it. And it was like, this is such a bad idea. Such a bad, bad idea. And Kendall went along with it. I <laughs> Not a great showing from either of the brothers in this episode. Not at all. Uh, Kendall more Kendall had a better showing, I thought, than Roman. But you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about, uh, you know, Roman kind of shooting himself in the foot. Especially last season with the dick pic, but... Uh, wheels starting to come off. The The season's going to hinge on the deal, whether the deal gets done or not. So I'll just ask you, Alex, is the deal with Gojo going to get done? Is it going to get done? I, you know, it, somebody like Matson, who I think clearly is a, you know, a, a, seems like they're making fun of Elon Musk with, with Matson big time. Uh, I don't know how this is going to play out because, you know, he does these things like posting, posting the, the, the Holocaust tweet in this one, uh, which, you know, was quickly deleted. And then you get, you know, smart business dealings from him that we actually saw in the last episode. So I don't seems pretty erratic on both sides. You know, the leadership is not, the stability for the leadership is not there. So I'll just ask you a point blank. Does this deal get done with these two really uh, volatile personalities with the Roy's and, and uh, Matson that they just don't mesh very well? I would be inclined to say no, because nothing ever goes the way it's supposed to. And they've been poking that bear for a couple episodes now. And not just like, you know, haha, we're going to poke it. They've been poking it with like, they've been taking, they took the tree out of the ground and they're poking the bear with that. And Dylan Brooks poking the bear <laughs> too soon. Um, hey, hopefully they didn't hit the bear in the nuts. Um, <laughs> under no circumstances. <laughs> hey, at least he didn't get suspended for, uh, the next game after that. Um, in all seriousness, I, I just feel like the kids, I feel like the CE, the CE bros, if you will, are going to yep. just mess this up to the point where it's not going to get done. How do you feel about it? 
I think they'll end up going on their own. Uh, you know, they've, they've kind of flirted with that idea. They flirted with it in this episode where they're just going to keep it for themselves, which is, you know, up to this season, what they wanted the whole time. You know, that was the big, the big uh, ending last season where they get cut out of the company that they wanted so badly. So I, I, I'm going to lean that they keep it. I think it's going to end up being Kendall alone somehow. Uh, he just has too many of his dad's tendencies and I, you know, I've been on the record here. I think he's probably the most business savvy, most knowledgeable about the industry, uh, kind of monopolizing things the way Waystar's been doing throughout the series, but that's how I think it'll end up. Uh, but speaking of Matson, we have him and Shiv working together. Their relationship really weird. Uh, much like all of Shiv's relationship with men in this series, really weird. Really not sure what the point is. Um, Alex, I, I I don't know what to say about this. You know, I, I I don't know what Shiv's intentions are. I know she's afraid about getting cut out of the CE Bros, if you will, which she already is kind of getting cut out of. Uh, but I don't know what she's going to get with Matson. I feel like Matson's just going to dump her as soon as the deal goes through, if it does. Well, let me, let me, let me take you back for a second. Do any of the kids have normal relationships? <laughs> like, I mean, Kendall was married once. That's probably yeah, the closest Rava, thing. Rava kicked him to the curb. Rava, by Rava, the way. Rava, who is going to come back, it appears. Oh, is she? Wow. I think she was uh, in a teaser for next week's episode. This week's episode. Wow. Um, by the way, the <laughs> I don't know who comes up with these characters' names. I know I talked about this before, but Rava. I don't think I've ever met anybody named Rava. I bet you if I search Rava, the first thing that would come up is Succession. Um, it's no, it's the first thing that it's a good, the first thing that comes up is Rava Wines. I don't think anyone's named their child Rava. Um, but in all seriousness, you have that situation. Um, Romans, I don't remember Roman's girlfriend's name, but that whole thing was weird. And then you add in his Neither situation. <laughs> that's funny. Um, you add in his situation with Jerry. That's weird. Tom and Shiv. Weird as hell. Had, yes. Tom and Shiv, weird as hell. Tom and Nate. Or sorry, Tom and Nate. Um, Shiv and Nate was probably the most honestly straightforward relationship any of the kids have had. Probably. Um, Kendall and uh, Naomi. What's her name? Naomi. Yeah. Naomi. That's. I mean, they used each other for drugs, though. So that that's a pretty straightforward relationship on like The Wire or something, but not like on this. <laughs> that like real life. Um, and then obviously the elephant in the room here, Connor and Willa. <laughs> Very normal. Very normal. Married. I don't know what they're married. My collars are normal size. Find a new slant. Um, what about Lo- Logan and Carrie? Pretty normal. Listen, you know, all the Logan relationships. Although really, that's a normal relationship, honestly. Out of all the other ones we've named, it I probably mean, Greg's, is compared to all, all of other Greg's ones. relationships have been weird too. 
tank. So listen, it's just a weird dynamic between everyone on the show. Um, but I think that you see, <laughs> yeah, I got so lost in this point. What was the original question? <laughs> What do you make of Shiv and Matson just working together? I mean, I, I don't. I just feel like if the deal goes through, which you know I said I don't think it will, but if it does, he's dumping her ass as soon as oh, possible. Oh no, it's one thousand percent, one thousand percent kicking her ass to the curb. Listen, well, this first is of a all, he doesn't this know is how to a talk. Raptors getting Kawhi for one year and then. What, getting to the goal line and then dumping him. Well, let's not act like he knows how to talk to people, first and foremost. So, aka him sending his um his Jess, basically, bags of blood last week. Right? Like, he told Shiv that, and Shiv was his like, army oh. hammer. Right. <laughs> Well, he's the army hammer in this situation. I was referring more so like, you know, or Carolina. I guess that's probably a better one for one comparison in the companies. But. Yeah, it's. um, Yes, you, you have that dynamic. I think Shiv is good for him, but I don't think he'll realize it. And he would 1000 percent dump her to the curb. Um. But I think that also Shiv probably doesn't realize how good they are for each other business-wise. I honestly think it's a good pairing. I kind of do. Seems like it. You know, they they have that banter, you know. They they bounce off each other, but I don't... I just think once Mattson... Mattson's a businessman at the end of the day. Un- unorthodox businessman but still a businessman like at the end of the day he's just gonna cut his ties i mean she's too she's too hooked up with with the roys i mean she's literally a roy she's just too hooked up with that i, I don't think he, he's gonna want his own guys in there running it when he acquires the company i just don't i don't see it they're so they're both so self-destructive though i could see it working out where it's like they both realize they need each other, but it's the bridge is too burned and it's just too late. You know, I, I could see that being a possibility. I think like yeah. something like that, because you're not wrong. Matson is clearly a good business person. Um, it's just he like his clear flaw other than like he has a lot of flaws. Don't get me wrong. His clearest and biggest one is the people thing. He doesn't get people at all. Um, no, he does not. <laughs> and I think they're good for each other in that regard. Uh, we'll stick with the Shiv thing. Shiv is working Tom like a puppet. But Tom, I feel like Tom... I feel like Tom is smart enough to know... I, I just... I mean, Tom, Tom was smart enough to get ahead of Shiv at the end of last season and get on Logan, get in Logan's good graces, graces. But I don't know if he's just blinded by the idea of fixing his marriage or if he's actually dumb enough to think Shiv is falling back in love. With I just, I don't know. 
I don't know. I, 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 I hate Shiv. I just, I hate Shiv. And I've come to like Tom over the seasons. And he finally grew a pair of balls last season. I just don't, I don't want him to fall back into the trap, Alex. Is it those things that you mentioned though? Or is it him realizing his career prospects are suddenly tied to Shiv again? Cause I mean, Tom, that too. That's what I'm saying. He's not dumb. Tom's not dumb. He proved it in the season finale last year. He's also kind of a snake, though. <laughs> and when I say kind of, I don't mean kind of. He is a snake. He, he's married to a snake. Yes. No, that family begets snakes. Um, but I, I think they realize it's probably for the best. I don't think Tom wants it. And I don't think Shiv wants it. But I think they might realize, I think where this is probably heading is that it's probably for the best if their relationship is a business relationship. And, you know, sometimes you maybe have sex with the person you're in a business relationship with. But generally speaking, I think they might just enter an arrangement, you know, where you are like, hey, this works for me. This works for you. We both get to keep our titles. It's beneficial. It's more beneficial for us to be married. And I think it'll probably be that way until, you know, we get some kind of resolution later on. But I, I just don't see you're right, because I don't think love is there anymore for either of them. Tom. No. And the way Shiv's talking, it, it might never have been. No, first, I agree with that 1000 percent. But Tom isn't a dummy. And again, he's a snake. <laughs> I keep coming back to it, but it's true. He is a fucking snake and he will do anything he can to maintain his power and his position. And I think that Shiv, if he has to reconcile the Shiv to get there, I think he is more than willing to try to put in that work. But also Shiv is right to feel pain from what he did to her in wherever the fuck they were for, was it their mom's wedding? Uh, I don't recall. Uh, where were they? They were in Europe. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was their mom's wedding. Yeah. So I understand why she would be upset with him. I understand. You know, again, I understand why she he would be disgruntled with the marriage. It's probably just for the best. They realize they need to just work this out and try to get a business arrangement going in my humble opinion. Yep. Uh, let's get into, before we get into the categories, we'll do things we've seen lately. Alex, uh, what do you got? What do you got for us? So, um, last week I, I may have, may or may not have taken some, um, fun stuff. Let's just call it. I may have turned on a movie. You may know this movie. It's it, some people consider it an all-time classic movie. Um, it's called Pulp Fiction. Oh yes, I, I, I think you've heard of it. Um, it's pretty good. A little, a little independent film. Yes, not very well known. Not very well. Um, small time high, actors. Small time actors. Um, I have to say, just watching that movie. I just every time I watch that movie I always I don't know if you do this 
or I, I'm sure you probably looked it up knowing you. I don't think I want to look it up, but like, do you know like the exact timeline of like how that movie takes place? Like what happens first and whatnot? Like, I, I'm pretty sure it goes what? Obviously, the butch stuff happens last because right. Vince dies. Um, and why would Vince be alive? Eyes on the shitter. What a horrible way for him to go out. Um, <laughs> but what's the first thing that ha- is the is the scene where they're going to kill the guy in the apartment? Is that the first thing that happens in the movie? So you're talking. Uh, I'm the talking way like we see the movie or the chronological. Yeah. Chronologically. Chronologically, I think the first thing that happens is either that or the fight that Butch was supposed to throw, and he and he didn't. Hmm. I think. Because the diner scene is last. It's I think it's last in what we see and also last in what actually happens. I think. But wait. It's been a couple Vince of years dies. since I've seen it. <laughs> you haven't seen it in a couple... Oh, wow, that's crazy. Um, oh, that's right. Vince dies. Yeah, no, it can't be less then. It can't be less. So last is the basement scene. With the gimp, and then I don't know, man. I, I gotta watch that again. It's I mean it's it's a couple years. Up. Samuel L. Jackson. My um my wallet says bad motherfucker on it. Yeah, it does. Um, and it's an homage to Samuel L. Jackson's wallet in Pulp Fiction. Um, just absolutely. One of my favorite movies. I'm almost caught up on The Mandalorian. Um, yeah. I just got to the Jack Black and Lizzo episode, or I just finished watching that. Um, <laughs> does it get. Listen, I was just happy to see Battle Droids again. I liked when yeah, Mando was just, kick, was was just kicking Battle Droids. <laughs> Why was he just kicking them, Zach? <laughs> kicking them in the line. <laughs> he just was like, the other battle droid was just like you. I why are you just kicking them? And I agreed with the droid, but I mean, hey, it works. Well, it's cool to see them again, and uh, you know that that is the lowest rated episode of the entire series. Uh, it took a lot of heat on this very pod, um, but I think now we know after the fact, and you'll probably see, you know, as you progress through the season and when you finish it up that. And there's been some reports that, you know, Grogu was not supposed to be, you know, when Luke came and took him in season two, that was supposed to be it for Grogu. You know, we weren't supposed to see him again. And then I think Lucasfilm stepped in during Boba Fett and said, hey, you got to you got to bring this back. We got to sell some toys here. And now Favreau left and he's working on Ahsoka now. And you kind of see that. You know, the Lizzo Jack Black episode, he wasn't, that was not a Favreau. We said it on the pod. It wasn't a Favreau episode. It was a Kennedy episode. Um, but Favreau got his say in the last couple episodes. I'll, 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 say, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it. Okay. 
That's good. Um, is they is there gonna be a season four or are they done with it after I read some stuff that Pascal might be or I think you guys were talking about it. I I know you guys talked about yeah. it. On the, there were rumors episode. he was frustrated with the way Lucasfilm was going with it, uh, which joined the club, pal. But I mean, it just they, you know, they have that Filoni movie plan that's going to combine all these shows into one movie. Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew, you know, the Ahsoka trailer was awesome. Skeleton Crew, they released some stills from it recently. I have a lot of hope for that one, too. Uh, and I think that movie's going to be pretty epic, especially now that Thrawn is ISOing as the main. He's going to ISO as the main villain here. So I'm really looking forward to it. You got to let me know your thoughts when you finish that season. It's, yeah. yeah. Well, for sure. I'll have some time this weekend probably to finish that. So I'm excited. Um, and then I know I had some other stuff that I watched. It is playoff time, though, but it is slowing down, which is why I had time to watch The Mandalorian. I think I killed three episodes in one night. <laughs> so now no, that the playoffs are that. finally slowing down, I'm going to get back into Breaking Bad. I don't know when, no, but beautiful. it's going gonna, it's gonna to be so good to finally get back in with uh, Walt and Jesse and Hank and Gus and uh, Marie, my favorite, my absolute favorite character. Um, oh yes, everyone's favorite. <laughs> I don't think I love a character more than Marie. Is <laughs> is she the like? Okay, I don't obviously know the ending of the show. She has to be one of the least favorite characters. I, I know everyone hates Skylar, and I I kind of understand why. I, I don't personally hate her. I I kind of get it. I think Skylar's the most right out of all the characters. I don't know. The hate but, with Skylar comes in later seasons, but the thing with. The thing with Marie is just she never redeems herself ever, ever. She just she keeps, just, you know, she'll have these lulls where she doesn't do anything and then she does some dumb shit again. You're like, fuck you. Like when she was shoplifting and she didn't apologize. Yeah. I didn't steal it. I didn't steal that. Whatever. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll I'll hold off my judgment on Skylar because, like you said, if it happens in, in the early seasons, you know, I understand completely where she's coming from. Yeah, the point where I'm well, at now, like, how you've been able to avoid spoilers for the ending of that show? Good for you. Well, it's grown on ten years since it ended. I've seen, you know, I'm the one who knocks. I've seen, you know, I am the danger. I've seen those sure. scenes, but spoilers. I generally, if I see a spoiler for something, I'll try to scroll past it, especially if it's something for what I want to watch. So, yeah, I'll do that too. But yeah, that's all I got. Uh, what, have, what have you seen lately? Yeah. So, you know, with the playoffs going on, haven't had a ton of time to watch consume content that's mostly what the summer is going to be for uh but you know oz working my way through oz i got about two and a half seasons left really great stuff really great stuff really brutal stuff if you want some early uh jk simmons it's a good way to get into it uh rick fox speaking of nba alex rick fox is in this he plays an inmate he actually plays an nba player who gets 12 years 
Uh, and then, uh, yeah, he's just he's just in there. Rick Fox is just in the show, which is crazy because he was playing for the Lakers at the time. I was gonna say, wasn't this during his playing career? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time during his playing career. I mean, the show was on from '97 to '03, so basically his entire tenure with the Lakers. He yeah. was he was on Oz. This is it's crazy, but uh, so I'm watching that another HBO show, Barry. It's on at ten after Succession on Sunday, so I always pump that out. Uh, it's only half an hour. I think I've said that before on here, but only half an hour. Really good one to binge. You know when this season's over. Uh, like I said, only half hour. This is the last season. And some shit went down in the last one. I had a major death in the last one, so uh, I'm sticking with that. Ted Lasso, Caleb Lynn put me on that. Um, I'm now up to date with it. I just watched the last episode uh, yesterday. (laughs) Really good. Uh, And then a couple movies. Evil Dead Rise. I saw this last week. (sighs) Only an hour and a half. Really good. Really, really good. Probably the best entry into the franchise, I would say. Out of the... This was the fifth movie in the franchise, so really good. The thing with these movies, they're they're campy. And they're funny, but they're also very scary at times. The movie opens with a scalping. Speaking of Tarantino, Alex, I want my scalps. Well, you get them. You get get your scalps uh, in this one, that's for sure. Uh, so I'd recommend going to see that. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 3 this weekend. The first Marvel movie I've been pretty excited for in a in a while. Uh, I think this could... I think this would be a throwback to when Marvel movies were events and you just didn't miss them and you were up to date on all of them. Uh, supposedly the send-off for this group of characters. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh, on Saturday. <laughs> I'm gonna and then go we're going to see into the on, news here. You want to see it? I'm going to see it next weekend. So that'll be... I'll have to turn off all um, Twitter buzzwords for <laughs> Quill, for um, Gamora, for... Rocket. All, Rocket, Groot. Um, I'll have to mute Yandu. I'll have to mute... I know he won't be in the movie, but... Drax. <laughs> Anything None. that could be good. Adam, because <laughs> Adam Warlock's supposed to be in this one, right? So that yeah. one. So this is, I think they're starting to phase out the old MCU, which, you know, isn't the worst thing, I guess. But now I'll be curious to see, I guess my like real quick take on it is like, as they're phasing the out the old guard, how's the new guard going to do as we go into the next, you know, decade of it? Right. Is is there going to be as much hype as there was going into Infinity War and Endgame when Endgame was probably people were clamoring for Endgame for for literally the moment they stepped out of the theater from Infinity War. So I don't know if we'll ever see anything like that again, to be honest. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. But uh, it does seem like they're phasing out the Infinity Saga a little bit. Obviously, the effects of it, 
both narratively and figuratively, they're going to be felt uh, for forever in the MCU. But it definitely seems like we're going to get some major deaths in this one. Uh, if you just watch the trailers for Guardians Three, you can probably discern that. But I'm looking. I'm really looking forward to this one. I probably haven't looked forward to an MCU movie. I mean, I always went, uh, except for the Eternals, but which I finally watched. I finally watched that on Disney Plus uh, a couple months ago. But uh, probably haven't looked forward to an MCU movie since No Way Home, which was like a year and a half ago. So. Uh, getting in the news here, Writers Guild on a strike, uh, like they do every decade or so. This really isn't big news to me. Uh, there were reports that this was going to happen. A lot of execs don't seem to think it's going to last very long. Uh, you know, it's just it's just like with the NBA or the NFL. You know, the, there's always rumors of a strike. Sometimes they get a deal done. Sometimes they don't. You know, you get a lockout like you do in the NBA in 2011, or like you did in the NHL and in, in uh in 2004. So you know, it's just sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But not much to say on the strike. Uh, I think it'll I think it'll be over by the end of the month. Well, I do have something to say. Actually, I asked you to dedicate me a, a miss me. Uh, Bryce Shaddy miss me. I'm going to go ahead and say it now since it has to do with this. Please miss me on studio executives using artificial intelligence to write stories. Yes, I agree. Miss me on that. This is one of the key arguments in the WGA's um, strike. This is one of the reasons why they're striking. There's a there's a lot of reasons why they're striking. I won't get into like the intricate details of them. I haven't like paying attention to this. Because right now, it's not going to affect anything. Um, there's not a whole lot of stuff that's starting production right now. The only thing, it, the major things that it's affecting, okay, it's affecting late night shows. Saturday Night Live done. They only had two more episodes, though, anyway. Um, like all the late night shows, like Late Night with Jimmy Fallon or what, whatever the fuck all those are called. They, you know, they all have their names by network. Um, right. Fallon, Kimmel, Colbert, all those guys are off the air for the moment. Um, but the biggest gripe that the writers have is that the studio executives want to replace their jobs with artificial intelligence, which I'm sorry. No robot, a robot wouldn't be able to come up with kill bill. Okay. A robot wouldn't be able to. And I think that's where these studios are like, Oh, we can just get it done cheaper. We can just get it done cheaper, but it doesn't mean you're getting it done as well. Cheaper doesn't equal better. And I'm sorry. It's just, there's a lot of things wrong with what the studio executives are doing, but please, please, please miss me on artificial intelligence writing half as well as an actual writer could. These people come up now, not everything they come up with in Hollywood is great. Like look at two and a half men, you know, not everything is, not everything you're going to come up with is great, but the stuff that hits if you imagine David Chase, imagine you replace David Chase with an AI. Imagine you replace David Simon with an AI. Imagine you replace um, Vince Gilligan with an AI. You know, Jesse Armstrong. You think an AI is coming up with Little Lord Fuckleroy? No. You think an AI is coming up with you can't make a tomlet without breaking a few Gregs? 
I mean, I'm sorry. The Sopranos had one of the greatest collection of writers probably ever assembled on TV. Like, how many of those guys went on and started their own shows? Um, right. One of the Sopranos guys was the Madman guy, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, Matthew Weiner. Yeah. So, again, please, 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 please miss me on artificial intelligence. Miss me all the way. Miss me more than Bryce Shaddy on James Harden. Miss me more than Caleb Lynn on Huey Brown. Miss me more than J.D. Hall on the Phoenix Suns. Miss me more than Dylan Hughes on Julius Randle. Miss me. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's one of the most laughable things I've ever heard, honestly, uh, for all the reasons you said. You know, you're not going to get... You're never going to get a Tarantino or a Damon and Affleck or... You know, an Aaron Sorkin from a fucking computer. You're just not. You're not. You're not. And it's it's laughable that these execs. I mean, execs always act a fool. You know, they go on these power trips. We're seeing it with David Zaslav right now with HBO. Um, but you know, the, in terms of the strike itself, I mean, this happens. Like I said, every ten years or so, and they always end up coming to a deal, and then. The next, whenever the next one comes about, you know, some something new will will make that stall. But this one is probably the most unique one out of the ones that have happened recently. For all the reasons Alex said, I mean, you think an AI is going to write a script for, like, like you said, AI can't write Succession. Fuck no. No. So, we'll just leave it at that. Uh, Jamie Foxx health update. Uh, I missed this. Uh, apparently he had a medical complication. They didn't say what it was. Yeah, but they were asking for, I mean, for a second there. It didn't sound good at all. And then now it seems like he's doing better. Uh, not Still not sure what it was. I haven't looked today to see if there was an update, but it seems like he's improving, doing better, so. I like Jamie Foxx. Um, hope he hope he gets better soon. Um, and then we have a Dune two trailer. Dune two, which is without a doubt going to be one of the most nominated movies next year at the Oscars. Uh, heavily anticipated sequel to the twenty twenty one movie Dune by Denny Villeneuve. Alex, just a star studded cast. It seems like if you're, I mean, I don't know if you saw the trailer, but you get Austin Butler, you get Florence Pugh, you get Bardem, you get Zendaya. Everyone who was reported to have joined the cast for the second one, besides like Christopher Walken, they were in the trailer. And this is, I saw something, this is Christopher Walken's first movie since 2014. Um, wow. I can't wait for this movie. I kind of wish the first Dune was in theaters. I understand why it wasn't. Um, I need to watch the first Dune again. I haven't watched it since the first time it came out, but I loved it the first time it came out. I'm really excited to watch it again. It helped having my phone, though, I'll say, because I have a strict no phones for myself, at least. I know people don't usually follow that rule. Um, Even when I'm by myself, I don't look at my phone that much in a theater. Oh, I shut my phone off when I'm in a theater. Um, Just shut it all the way down. 
it was helpful though i'll say like having my phone to kind of follow the story because i didn't know anything about dune um the first time i watched it now like if i watch it again i'm sure like especially it being part two but i i kind of wish dune i wish they pushed it back a little bit so it could come out in theaters i know it had to come out when it had to come out but man that movie deserved a movie theater it, it just did. I saw, I saw it in theaters where I am. Was it on theaters where you were? Well, wait, no. I was in Indy. Were they not showing it in theaters? Maybe they I just might not have downtown. Hmm. I think that was it. No, that's right. Because they were the theaters weren't open by us, but they were open by you. Yeah, on the that's south right. side of Indy here. Uh, I got to see it in IMAX. I think I went twice. Yeah, uh, because I'm that's a degenerate, right. and. <laughs> It was, it was an experience, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing with the second one. Uh, but Denny Villeneuve, you know, again, AI can't do what Denny Villeneuve does. Denny Denny Villeneuve makes these grand nowadays. He does these grand scale, like big concept movies that beautifully written, beautifully shot, beautifully acted. Everything about him, just awesome, beautifully scored. He's probably my favorite director working right now. And, you know, if you haven't seen... Basically, if you go back to 2013, the guy has directed banger after banger. Uh, I'd say every couple of years, he just released a banger. So check out his filmography. Uh, if you like Dune, you'll probably like the rest of his movies too. Uh, and then Alex, it is May the 4th. We're recording this on May 4th. Happy Star Wars Day. I want to know. Your five favorite Star Wars characters, five to one. I can start first if you like. I have my rankings right here. Yeah, go ahead and go first. Like, give me a second to think. Well, number five, we got Qui Gon Jinn, uh, Maverick, a Maverick of the Jedi Order. Did not follow the rules. Worked as closely outside the boundaries as he could have. Of course, he discovered the Chosen One. Uh, read some comics with him too, uh, and a couple of books. There's a book called Master and Apprentice that's just about him and Obi Wan and that training of Obi Wan and their relationship. Really good book. Really good book. Um, and then he made it made a made a return in uh, Obi Wan Kenobi in the miniseries last year. He made a little cameo, so that was nice. Uh, and then my number four, I got General Grievous. Uh, arguably the coolest looking character in all of Star Wars. Uh, probably the most intimidating as well. Um, I'd probably shit myself if I had to fight him one-on-one in a fight. I just always, since since uh, the 2D Clone Wars series all the way to Episode 3 and then of course the Clone Wars series uh, just couldn't, couldn't get my fill of Grievous. So I really couldn't. <laughs> Um, number three, a traditional pick here, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, basically the, uh, the poster boy of what the Jedi want from a Jedi, what the Jedi council wants from a Jedi. Um, not much to say on Obi-Wan that hasn't been said. Uh, number two, I got Mace Windu, a bad motherfucker, if you will. going to be number one. Uh, 
I like him because I have also I have a book by him. It's called uh, Shatter Points, and it it really goes into how he mastered this dueling style that no other Jedi had, and nobody, no other Jedi had even attempted to do it because it was influenced so much by the dark side that they didn't even want to fuck with it. And he said, he basically just said, "The hell with that! I'm going to do it." Mastered it. Basically, it was second in command on the Jedi Council behind only Yoda. Uh, and he beats Palpatine in a fight. Uh, I know people people say Palpatine threw the fight. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Uh, he beat him one on one, as far as I'm concerned. And then number one's Darth Maul. Darth Maul for me always been my favorite. Uh, basically, since the first time I saw Episode One, and then through the Clone Wars, watching that in middle school, um, and then him in, seeing him in Solo was was a was a pleasant surprise. He showed up in Rebels as well, so that's my five. That's a good five. I'm I was shocked that Mace wasn't one. I could have sworn you said he was your favorite, but um. Maul being one is not surprising either. So at number five, I'm going to go count Dooku. I almost put him in. I don't know why. I mean, I know why. Well, his lightsaber was always one of my favorites when I was a kid. Yeah. But then when I watched the Clone Wars, I just kind of was like, he's one of my favorite villains off that show, probably. Number four. Clone Wars did great things for him. Clone Wars influence a lot of my choices here. Number four, I'd probably have Plo Koon. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Plo Koon in the Clone Wars. Um, Again, just really cool. And the Clone Wars did a lot for his character. Um, And I was really... It makes his death scene in Revenge of the Sith a lot sadder. Number three, I'm going to go with Ahsoka. Um... Nice. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the live action version, to be honest. But I guess it makes sense, you know, that it's she seems more mature because she was basically just a kid in the Clone Wars. But um, and I still haven't watched Rebels all the way through, but, you know, I have seen the, the Darth Vader fight, obviously. Um, yeah, I feel I feel she could be killed off soon. Whether it's in the Filoni movie or probably in the Filoni movie would be my guess. I mean, listen, how old is she'd have to be because why wouldn't she be in the um, sequel movies? It just I don't know. Well, she that's that's a good point. You know, she I'm trying to figure out how old she actually is. I mean, you know, she's she's a teenager in the Clone Wars. Clone Wars takes place over, I think, three years two or three years. Uh, and then there is, let me think. There's like 19 years in between three and four, I think. And then there is 30 years in between return of the Jedi and the sequels. So, so what she's in her sixties then. It also just depends on the species, you know. That's not you're not like Yoda's species doesn't 
doesn't age. I mean, Grogu's, they're saying he's like 90 and he looks like an infant. So just depends, I guess. Yeah, there's a lot of different variations you can go with that. But um, I, I still think I'll, I'll give the Ahsoka show a chance because I trust Favreau to make something good. But um, she's number three. I'm going to go. Or she, I'm, she was number three. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Obi. Or sorry, I'm going to go with Anakin at number two. Um, specifically prequels Anakin. I'm not yes. a Darth, not Darth Vader. Um, Anakin in the prequels, especially Revenge of the Sith, before he turns to the dark side, even after he turns the, to the dark side, is so badass. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like when he's flying in and he just totally wrecks the whole mission when they're going to um, save Palpatine. I love that. And then number one, I have Han Solo. Um. Yeah. Who shot first? Who shot first? No, no. Han, Han shot. Han. Han. No, there is no who shot first. Yeah, fuck the special edition. Han killed him in cold blood. Killed him. Listen, um, I think he's just probably the coolest man around the galaxy. I don't. He completed the Kessel run in how many parsecs? It was like, what, 12? It's pretty good. Um, I, I think Han's just my favorite. I didn't know what who was going to be two through five when you gave me that time. I knew who number one was going to be. So yeah. it, was never, it was never a doubt. It was Han Solo for me. Yeah. Trying to make sure I had that timeline right. Um... Give me the years. Well, it doesn't help that we don't know what year exactly the Mandalorian's taking place in. We know it takes place um, shortly after. I mean, I think it's five or six years after the First Order falls. I believe. After the First uh, Order? I don't know. I'll find it. Yeah. When the uh, Mandalorian takes place after... The sequel trilogy. Or no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. No, no, no. It takes place after the Empire Falls. Yeah, my bad, my bad. My bad. I can't find it. All these timelines are scrunched into a picture I can't see. It's okay. We'll, we'll figure it out Never. and we'll we'll present it next week. Yeah, we'll find it next week. Uh, and my Miss Me Award, of course... Uh, Kevin Durant, Call of Duty, just miss me. Yeah, you know, whatever. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. You're about to get swept. I don't need to see ads for this. Halo Blade Nuggets in three. Nuggets in three. Nuggets in four. Nuggets in four. Nuggets, uh, looking pretty good right now, but we don't need to go down that road. We'll be here all night. Uh, Get into the categories here. We'll start with best scene. A few nominees here. We got Kendall's speech at Investor Day where he's wearing that flight suit to celebrate the launch of Living Plus. Uh, I th- I actually like the flight suit. I didn't I didn't hate it. I thought it was a good it's idea. A good looking suit. I thought it was a, good, a creative idea by Kendall. I liked it. 
It's uh, listen. and a lot of shit happened in Investor Day. A lot of highs and lows, but I think it ended. You know, when it ended, they said the stock the stocks were high. The market was mm-hmm. high. Yeah, it's. Can I just say when I brought up it was the cringiest episode of Succession. I thought this was leading up to L to the OG part two. And I thought it was going to be so, so cringe, like unbearable, got ungodly level amounts of cringe. But then I was like, I was like, in, I was like almost anticipating the cringe. I was like, please. I, I was like preparing my skin to actually just fall off my body. Right. But it wasn't that I was like, okay, when's the bad thing going to happen? Like, yeah, it's a little bit uncomfortable that he's talking to his dad, but like, it wasn't awful. It wasn't great that he said the company's valuation was going to double, but it wasn't like the worst thing ever. It was just fine. And I think Logan. They I don't think they were prepared. (laughs) Anyone was prepared for that to be a success. Everyone was preparing for it to be a colossal failure. And it was one thing when Hugo said it wasn't bad, but then when Carolina agreed with him. Because, you know, yeah, I mean, that's another nominee in the scenes here where Carl basically corners Kendall. He's like, don't make me look like an idiot. And I think how you knew it went well. Like, I was just waiting for everyone to say it was awful. I was like, because, you know, our expectation of things going well and their expectations of things going well, it can be a little bit different. But, you know, it went well because of how Kendall ended the episode. Um, Kendall is just swimming in the ocean at the end of the episode, carefree. Yep. And just like, I don't think we've ever seen Kendall so happy. And at the same time, I don't think we've ever seen Roman so miserable. Yeah, Roman kind of wallowing in his own pity at the end of it, listening to that audio of <laughs> the mashed up audio of Logan making fun of him, but uh, no, I thought it was a great speech. Definitely started out with some ups and downs, but Kendall Kendall can rally a crowd. That's for sure. Just like just like just like his dad could. Just like his dad could. We saw in the newsroom earlier in the season when Logan rallied the crowd in the newsroom. Now Kendall instills some confidence into investors and 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 Carl. I think Carl, who like we said, cornered him in the hallway, said, "Don't make me look like a fool." <laughs> Looks pretty good now. Uh, and you knew it ended well when Matson deleted the tweet. You know, whether that was planned or not, I don't know. Maybe. But I think deleting the tweet was another sign that it went well. Uh, and then, you know, the aforementioned firings are our other, our other nominees here. Roman fires Joy, where it doesn't start out that way. It doesn't lead into him... You know, you don't get the feeling he's going to fire her, even though it was a big failure, the movie she made. But it ends up going that way. You know, she brings up politics a little bit. Uh, Roman gets threatened and just leaves, just fires her and basically dips out. Listen, when she brought up the fact that when she made her mistake was making that little dick. I don't remember exactly what it was that she said, but she basically said something. Oh, she made a sarcastic little comment to the effect of, I'm sure you got to where you are because of your business acumen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
which Roman, first of all, you can't really abide that disrespect right to your face. <laughs> um, but you could kind of see the anger. I thought one of the brilliant things about that scene and about Kieran's acting in that scene was that you could see the like anger building up on his face. Like his face was twisting up into a ball. He's like, I don't think you're listening to me. I'm saying I'm just going to give you a ton of money and you're going to make me a hit. And he was right. She wasn't listening to her or she wasn't listening to him. And eventually he got pissed off. He shouldn't, he should have handled it better probably, but you understand why he did what he did. I think the joy firing was a lot more excusable than how he handled the Jerry situation. Now I think, am I saying that because we know Jerry more than we know joy possibly, but listen, I wouldn't go to a boss and say, I'm sure you got to where you were based on your business acumen. Sarcastically. I wouldn't say that straight to their face. (laughs) Especially right after their dad fucking died. Right. I understand Roman. No, she gave him the fake condolences. She gave him the fake condolences when they sat down. I loved what he said when she said the condolences too. He's like, no more condolences. My tummy's very, very full of condolences. (laughs) Like such a silly line. <laughs> I don't know. So that's like that's the first firing, and then you mentioned the yes. Jerry firing, which also kind of came out of nowhere. Jerry confronts him about when he fired, why he fired Joy, and then Jerry ends up getting fired herself in an unconventional way, and then Kendall ends up backing it. He's like, "Fuck it, fuck it, we ball." The Jerry, the Jerry one, listen, I can defend the Joy one to an extent. I Do I think it was a good idea? No. But I don't think as CEO, you can take that kind of disrespect to your face, right? Like, you have to lay down the law a little bit. You can't have your subordinates questioning your acumen to your face. Um, The Jerry situation? <laughs> She was trying to dig Roman out of the hole he dug for himself. Yeah. And he's just like, no, I don't want to hear it. I think the tensions were still high between them as a result of him firing her the last time. Oh, yeah. And again, do you want me to say it or believe it? He has a little complex going on in this episode. And when I say a little, it's pretty fucking big. Fucking massive, bro. Um, Fucking huge. Uh, listen, <laughs> listen, bro. Um, that's, that's my Kendall impression. Monumental. Fucking money. Listen, bro. Um, your complex right now. It's fucking bigger than the uh, Eiffel Tower and Washington Monument put together, bro. Just, just keep it up, bro. Um, that's my that's my succession dialogue impression. <laughs> um, it's it's getting out of hand, and I think it's dare I say. Okay. I thought Kendall was going to crash and burn in this episode. Roman might be the one who crashes and burns because it's going to be unless something like miraculous happens these next couple episodes. He is spiraling right now in a bad way. And Kendall's an enabler. (laughs) He just is. I mean, Naomi was close to kicking the habit and then she gets with Ken and now she's addicted to drugs again. 
right. he's he's a bad influence. He just is not. He's not a good influence on people. He's again, you say fuck it, we ball, <laughs> but he is like, okay, you do what you want, which isn't necessarily a good thing when someone's spiraling out of control. So Roman is going to hurt somebody, be it himself or somebody else. But I, I think by the end of the season, if I had a, a takeaway from this last episode, that would be probably it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think Kendall's going to end up being by himself at the top, just like his dad. And maybe some of that is due to Roman phasing himself out, not able to take the, you know, I mean, you can't fire somebody like Jerry on a whim. And he did that. That's kind of how Roman might end up phasing himself out here. But uh, my vote's the investor day speech. Uh, just saw a wide range of emotions and ended on a high note. So I'll go, I'll go with that. And can, can I say, um, I also thought I was going to go terribly when the reporters asked him about the tweet. Yes. Like that, that seemed like it was, you thought, like, tell me you didn't think it was such a setup for, oh my gosh, Kendall, our our little fuck-up boy, is just going to mess up. He just told right. it to him straight. Right. He did such a good like job. Like Matt Ishbia. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> You're really impressed with the Matt Ishbia, huh? Yes. He's got beef with Dan Gilbert. Kendall has be beef fair, with Madsen. What's the difference? To be fair, don't we all have beef with beef with Dan Gilbert? No, it's like I told you and Caleb. Uh, Dan Gilbert is sitting around waiting for LeBron to retire and buy his team. That's what he's waiting. But anyway, go on. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just I thought he did a good job handling that. The first fifty minutes of this Kendall episode were off the fucking rails because you have him with the set designers okay what asking for clouds um what specifically all was he asking for because he was asking for a fuck ton out of that designer in like what a couple hours yeah he was was he so he was asking for clouds like it was an artificial cloud house a house um Basically, for a he, lot. He was asking for a lot, right? And I, I'm no. just gonna be honest. Never say no. <laughs> he just was doing the most, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, Kendall is going is out of control." But he landed the plane. He landed the plane. He did, and um, can can I throw in a nominee for uh? Sure. Best scene. I really like the beginning of the episode with when we see Logan again. When they're playing yeah, the video from um, the unaired uh, ad. Yeah. And he's like, you're fucking buzzing. Buzzing. You're just like my fucking idiot kids. <laughs> and they're, they look at Ken. And he's like, sorry, you had to hear it this way. He's like, it's fine. He's so... I don't know what happened. He's so ruthless. I, I know what happened. But he's turned so ruthless this season. I absolutely love it. It's been probably my favorite character development 
out of all the characters. No, I love him. I love Kendall. You know, he has his flaws, more flaws than probably any character left, which is saying a lot, but he's overcome them. And now his biggest obstacle is out of his way, which was his dad. Um, I'm really, like I said, I, I, I think he will end up alone at the top. I hope he ends up alone at the top, but, um, let's run through these other categories here, Alex. Um, and then we got a game out. We got a game at nine. We got a game at nine Lakers warriors. Uh, but you know, we won't get into that. Um, well, again, we'll be here all night. Uh, who got it the worst? I have the two firing the fireies. Joy and Jerry. I'm actually going to go with Joy getting it the worst because, you know, as a studio exec, your job is to do exactly what Roman asked you. Make banger movies that print money. And she did neither of those with the last movie. So she gets axed by this massive studio, it seems like. Uh they're likening it to like Warner brothers or Paramount or something. I feel, I feel like, but you know, she gets axed somebody, a, a company like Disney or, or Warner brothers or Paramount, they're not going to hire somebody who has a recent track record of bombs where Jerry, a lot of experience in the corporate world at the executive level. Why can't she go work for the Lakers or something? Or, why won't Matson just hire her back? Yeah, she wasn't on the kill list. Exactly. So I still think Jerry, though, getting fired twice in two days, or what? Because each of these days is taking, each of these episodes is taking place like a day apart. So what? This was episode five or six? Um, this, this episode. was episode let me see let me see i think this is episode six yeah this is episode six yeah episode um, six. so we're getting fired twice in three days well do you think roman firing her was his last act for his dad where he's like he wanted me to fire you i wasn't able to officially that day now i am firing you do you think subconsciously that he's like here you go dad this one's for you again i think he got overwhelmed by the moment and it got the best of him and i think he didn't realize like i think he knew what he was doing but he didn't actually understand the implications of what he was doing because i'm sure you've had those times where like your emotions just get the best of you you don't have time to think but you're not the ceo of waystar royco you know Right. His actions have consequences. So it's, it's just tough. I, I think he didn't think and maybe I, I won't rule it out, but I think more so he probably just got overwhelmed in the moment and didn't realize what he had done, probably. That's probably the most likely part. Uh who who do you think got it the worst here? Listen, I well I think it's Jerry. Probably, but you could talk me into joy. I think Jerry, the twice in three days, I, that'd be my case for it. Um, and yeah, but again, you said that. Jo- joy, like you said, two, she's probably never going to get a job in Hollywood again. 
No, we're not. Although if she sues them, she's probably going to get a nice chunk of change and might never have to work again. So that too. That too. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, blocking the backboard for the most brainless decision in the episode. You got three candidates. Lucas Matson for the Holocaust tweet, which, you know, may may have been staged. I think it probably was staged. You know, he, he tweets what he did, and then he ends up deleting it after the speech. So we have him. Joy, of course, for uh, sitting down with her boss in a harmless way and then getting fired minutes later. And then Carl threatening Kendall in the hallway telling him to not look like a moron or make him uh, not out to be a moron. And then he ends up looking like a moron after the speech is a hit. So I'm actually going to go with Carl here. Carl acting on emotion and ends up looking dumb anyway. So do we think we've been talking about Carl taking his steroids all season? Is this just a little bit of his roid rage? Popping I think out. he flamed out here. I think he flamed out. Here, do you want to know my take on this whole thing? I don't think it sure. goes as well if Kendall, if he doesn't intimidate Kendall. So I think mm. a little bit chicken in the egg situation here where I think I like that take. He also Carl probably saved his own job in a way that Jerry couldn't because Carl intimidated Ken, right? Jerry wasn't able to to intimidate Roman. I mean, I think their shared history probably helped do that. But Ken, I think, was going to try to fire Carl in the way that... Because you heard him say CEO, CFO. But then Carl's like, no, 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 you don't understand. So I think, I I personally, I wouldn't give it to Carl. I understand where you're coming from, though. I don't think it's a necessarily bad choice. Just not the angle I would take it for. Um, we should probably explain this Holocaust tweet. We've like alluded to it. Um, Matson in the show tweeted Doderick Mott Fry. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but basically um, it was, I don't know what they exactly had in German. By the way, is it concerning that everyone at uh, everyone at the Waystar knew exactly what that was alluding to. Did you know what this yeah. was alluding to? No, I had to look it up after <laughs> I did too. After the episode. Is it is it just a tad concerning that they're all like this familiar with like the Nazi imagery that like they knew exactly what this meant without um looking it up beforehand? Because I didn't I didn't know what this was. Basically, this is what they put on the um, entrance to Auschwitz to um say work will set you, I think it's work will set you free is what it translates to. Um, and I don't need to tell you listeners probably what happened at Auschwitz. Um, it's very offensive for lots of reasons, which is why the show had them tweet it. But I, I had to look it up. You had to look it up. I'm guessing a majority of the audience had to look it up. Um, and I was just like very confused how everyone knew how that what that meant like almost immediately i guess in that show everyone's just more intimately familiar with nazi stuff like i don't feel like i'm dumb about nazi stuff or like in educated about it but is it just like i mean we have the whole mind comp scene 
in season two where he's talking to Ravenhead. It's Ravenhead. Uh, Any Easter eggs yeah. you missed the first time? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, I just thought that was a little bit weird. But I, I, I think yeah, I'd give fair. it to I think I'd give it to Matson. Um because he did end up deleting that tweet, so he didn't even stand by what he said. So, Matson, you get, get my block in the back. This tweet has been deleted. Yeah, not it, a bad It was up there. for what? Five minutes? Five minutes, yeah. And then they asked Kendall about it, and then after the speech, it was done. It was gone. By the time Kendall got back to the to the room, it was gone. Uh, big winner I'm going Kendall you know it, it looked pretty grim at the start of the speech at Investor Day ended up being a rousing success um, I'm not sure there's another person here you can nominate Alex no Ken by far I mean he he snatched um, victory from the jaws of the defeat in this episode but he did it so he won I don't really have anything else to say after that. Just he, he won good for him, but he, he should have lost. <laughs> he should have been a big loser, but it's almost like one of those Euro steps act where like, you're like this close to traveling, right? Like you are on the second step and you are like literally about to travel, but then you get the ball up. It touches the very top of the backboard without going out of bounds and falls in the basket. So, and it ends up on sports center. He didn't mean to do that necessarily, but hey, it still ended up on SportsCenter. And that's kind of how I view this this Kendall win. Good way to look at it. Playoff season. Good way to look at it. Uh, big loser. Going Jerry. Put in a lot of time with the company. Years. But... Ends up biting the dust because of... Roman, probably not the way she saw herself going out. She probably thought she had survived. Ironically enough, after Logan's death and that she was not on the kill list, now gone, at least for the time being. So that's my big loser. My big loser is not Jerry. Um, My big loser is going to be Romulus. Listen. Ah. Firing a, ton, firing a ton of people, okay? And he didn't even get to High-level people. High-level people. He is going to have to deal with the backlash of that. And he didn't even get to be on the stage for probably the biggest success the company's had since Dad died. Now it's only been three days. But the biggest company... that The biggest success the company's had without Logan. Um... Do we think that Kendall made Roman that video that he was watching at the end of the episode? Maybe uh, Greg's guy. Greg's guy made it. Mm-hmm. Sent it to him. Micro penis. What was that? I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was. <laughs> yeah. I need um... to watch that again. That was funny. It was funny. <laughs> it was. Not a great episode for Roman. He's by far my biggest loser. 
Not a great episode, I agree. Uh, and then finally, the Dylan Hughes slipping the DMs award for the crew, cast member, or character whose DMs you would like to slip into and ask them a question. I'm going with Tom Wamsgans simply because is this some kind of plan of yours getting back with Shiv or are you just this clueless? That's a good one. Um, I think for me, um, again, I'm trying and failing again to slip into the DMs of Carl, ask him who his Royd Steeler is. Um, Carl's not, then, Carl's not on Twitter. Carl's not on social. No. You got you got to email yeah. Carl. He has one, but he hasn't used it since 2017. Um, <laughs> I think I'd probably... This is tough. I think it has to be Shiv for me. What are you getting out of all this? You're keeping all your options open. What are you getting out of this? I think that's probably what I'd... Because this was an interesting Shiv episode. We did, I know we talked a lot about her at the beginning with Matson. She really does have... She's playing all her cards right right now. And she could really approach this and attack this in a lot of di- different interesting ways. I'm really intrigued to see what this does. No way to end it. Before we go, Alex, and do the plugs, I have a wild card for you. Okay. Wild cards, of course, have nothing to do with what we've talked about this episode. They have nothing to do. They might have nothing to do with movies or TV. So in the spirit of the playoffs, in the spirit of NBA history, which you know I'm a degenerate for as well, a start bench cut. Okay. Your players here. here. Stephen Curry. Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, start bench cut all time. Man. Okay, well, three I'm players, getting the easy one. I mean, these are three probably top 10 players of all time. Alex. I'm getting the easy one out of we the way We got to first. see their primes. Okay. I'm getting the easy one out of the way first. I'm starting Duncan. I like it. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is tough. I mean, I have Duncan over both of them in my all-time rankings. Uh, I mean, obviously, the way Steph's going. Steph's only one title behind Kobe and Duncan. It's... I think if I had to choose, screw it. I can't. I can't deny what my eyes have been telling me the last couple of years. I know it's recency bias. I'm benching Steph and I'm cutting Kobe. Yeah. It's listen. You know we can. We. <laughs> they're both all-time great players. Like you said, they're both probably top top ten. Um. Steph's in my top 10 now. I think I have him 10 exactly. (laughs) Caleb Lynn said, shout out to Caleb Lynn. He said his defense was better than Kobe's. I I don't agree with that, but I agreed with a lot of the things he was making. 
And at this point, Steph's been a top five player for the past 10 years now. I don't really like we can dispute it. But if you go back and look at the resume, he's ever since that game in Madison Square Garden, he's been a top five player probably for 10 years is actually insane. So and he's just gotten better. I'd say this is the best Steph Curry's been his whole career. So if you're peaking at age 35. And of course not- his style of game, you know, not a very physical brand at all. Greatest shooter of all time moves without the ball probably better than anyone, any point guard we've ever seen, probably at least. So I don't, uh, you know, could he play till he's 40? Could he pull a Brady? I don't see why not. 40, he could play till he's. I mean, honestly, it's going to take a lot of conditioning. And the conditioning part sucks. But I, I listen, he's so good. That I'm not going to put anything past him at this point. Like, right now, he's at now where LeBron was at in 2018. But he's also older than LeBron was in 2018. So, I could see kind of LeBron's next five years happening for Steph. Also, LeBron Steph now is a lot more injury prone than LeBron was in Cleveland. <laughs> a lot more. Yeah. Um, but the point remains... I think you would be inclined to agree with this. He's one of the best we've ever seen. I think at this point, it's him, Magic, and Michael. Like, and again, a lot of recency bias with that, but also just, man, this kind of guards for guards is insane. We haven't seen a guard be this good for this. Other than the only other guys like that, it's, it's the four. It's, it's Mike, it's Magic. Steph and Kobe. That's literally the four. Mount Rushmore of guards. I think if you told me you thought Kobe was better, that's a okay. I will not dispute that. But man, no. Steph makes a great case. Absolute great case. Let's let me hear yours. I'd probably. Mm. Hmm. So it's different because if I'm doing my all-time rankings, it would go Duncan, Kobe, Steph. But for this exercise, I will do start Duncan, bench Steph, cut Kobe. That's uh, probably the same as you, but or was that that's what you had, right? That is exactly what I had. Yep. Yeah, so even though I'll have Kobe ahead of Steph in my rankings for now, you know, because this was about the age we started to see Kobe break down. And, you know, Kobe played a little more physical than Steph. He w- he went into traffic. He had a lot of dunks, especially early in his career. Played a physical brand of defense on the perimeter. So, <laughs> But he also had a big man you know, except for those years in between Shaq and Gasol, he had a big man manning the middle. And, you know, Steph Steph has Draymond. That's kind of his guy in the middle, the tough guy, you know, taking a lot of that punishment for him. So it's, uh, and, you know, Tim Duncan, I think is 
on his way to becoming, if he's not already, the most underrated player of all time. I think Moses Malone is the most underrated player of all time. But Tim Duncan, I feel like, is just going to get lost in the shuffle, especially when you look at guys like Kobe and Steph, who have these big like sponsorships and widely beloved players. And when you look at it, like, look at the finals between these three guys. You got... 14 titles between these guys. You have Duncan had six ti- six finals appearances. Kobe had seven. Steph has six. How many MVPs? Five? Five MVPs. It's just staggering. Yeah. For Steph's playoff career, we're at 27 points a game on 45% from the field, 40% from three. Um... His only, stats in the finals are insanity. Let me see if they have that on basketball reference, just the finals. I mean They do. <laughs> they so just the finals. 27.3 points a game, six boards, six assists. Um 43, 39, 92 free throw or shooting <laughs> splits. That's just ridiculous. Ridiculous. He, he just gets better on the biggest stages. He just is that man. Um, and last year against that awesome defense with the Celtics. I mean, just, oh, man. He absolutely torched them. Like, absolutely. They had no shot. The only I time think he's, he's ever. On a show tonight. The only time he's ever been bad in the finals. So, okay. 2019, um, 41% from the field, 34% from three. But that was when the last two games, his two other best players went down. And so yeah. he was literally being triple teamed every other play. Um, twenty sixteen was not good. Twenty sixteen, forty percent from the field, still forty percent from three. So it's not like you know. Those are the two finals that bring down his percentages in that finals. But man, every other finals he's shown up and been like that guy. Two series out of thirty, what, however many playoff series. That's he played you know, a shitload of playoff games. He has played a shitload of playoff games. 142. Uh, yeah, 142. He's only lost in the first round once. And uh, I don't know if I told you this stat, but when the big three for the Warriors are healthy, they have not lost a West playoff series since 2014. 2014. Now, I think that run might come to an end this year. I think Denver's on the warpath. Uh, at this rate, but you can never count them out. You can never count them out. I was ready to count them out against Sacramento. Couldn't fully do it. Uh, that's one of the biggest tests they've ever had that this dynasty's ever had was against the Kings in round one. Uh, and it took a Steph other world performance to, to win. But, um, Alex, we'll go ahead and wrap up. Uh, we'll, we'll actually wrap up to watch Steph Curry, uh, tonight in game two. Um, but thanks for joining me on disgusting brothers, Alex, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Um, just remember, can't make a timeline without breaking a few Greg's.